Yo, this is the At The Minute Podcast, episode 60. It's Tuesday night. I have Peter here with me as always, and we've got a little announcement for y'all. This is going to be the first episode of the Fan Fuel Fantasy Show. So in the future, if you see those three Fs, you know what it is. We're going to be coming with 25 to 50 minute episodes that are really just here to get you ready for your fantasy draft. Peter, you got anything else? Yeah, the Triple F Show. Welcome into the Triple F Gang. Gang, gang. We're going to be doing probably 10 plus fantasy episodes as we approach the season. Obviously, no basketball to talk about right now, so... This is going to have to hey, do. It's looking optimistic, though. We just got some good news. It's looking optimistic. But yes, back to fantasy. There's going to be a lot of this coming. It might come in flurries. It's all just going to depend on what happens with sports. But regardless, we are going to get you ready for your fantasy draft with the Triple F Show. So, Peter, tell us what we're doing on this first episode here. Okay, episode one of the Triple F Show. Fantasy breakout candidates. Woo! What this means is... Guys who are undervalued going into the draft, they might not be a household name, but they will be at the end of this season. Examples from last year include Cooper Cup, Chris Godwin, Cortland Sutton, Austin Eckler. All these guys just exploded onto the scene. We're must-start guys all season long. We're going to give you some guys that should definitely be there, and then we're going to give you some guys at the end who might be a little bit of a flyer, but we think they can be, you know, a season long starter, hopefully if our projections are right. Yes, sir. Let's do it. All right. The ground rules though. Yes. Give us the ground rules, please. Okay. Yes. No first round picks will be repeated here. I mean, we all know who those are. We are doing also no rookies. We'll do a rookie episode later. We each have at least one quarterback or tight end, so we have a little bit of variety. And we're going to start with the biggest names, and then at the end we're going to end with, you know, the so-so guys that you might not know. The of. long shots. Yeah, yes, so sir. take it away. Who's your number one? Okay, so a little precursor with this one. This guy is not a no-name. He's a pretty big name. He actually has finished toward the top of fantasy boards a few times, but it's been some years, and it's been a while, and he's getting a whole lot of hate going into this year, and a lot of people think he's done. They're writing him off. I'm seeing him go anywhere from 25 to 60 overall in the fantasy big boards and whatnot. You're Matthew, Barry, whoever else. No one is high on this guy, and they're all wrong. I said it last year. I was wrong last year, but it was circumstantial. (laughs) I'm going with Le'Veon Bell. He is going to be a top 10 fantasy player this season, and he should be drafted in the 12 to 20 range. And that's going to be a value pick. And let me tell you why. We all know what he was in Pittsburgh. He got the year off with the contract, hoobla, whatever it was. He comes into the Jets, and he's there with Sam Darnold. They've got Adam Gase. This offense is supposed to be pretty exciting. They might not be that good, but they're going to score some points. And then boom. Darnold's out to start the season. Luke Falk goes down. They may as well be playing with XFL quarterbacks for two-thirds of the season. And there was no need to just work Le'Veon like crazy. You got him on a big deal. You're in a just terrible, bad situation of a season. And you have no offensive threats besides him. Guys are just going to stack the box against him. Any defensive coordinator, all you got to worry about the Jets is just stop Le'Veon. So my thing here with Le'Veon, he's going to catch at least 65 passes regardless. He caught 66 last year, and the Jets had a boo-boo offensive line. They just brought in Mekhi Becton in the draft. They're looking at Jason Peters, and so I'm really thinking this team is going to look a whole lot different next season. I don't love Darnold, 
but that offense is going to be behind in some games and try to throw their way back into it. And it's going to be a whole lot more successful than last season. I'm seeing Le'Veon. He's going to have at least a thousand yards at the very least thousand yards rushing. He only averaged not even three and a half yards a carry last season, which was by far his worst year ever. And now that they're going to have a little bit more of a passing game, Darnold should be there all season. They brought in some new weapons. I might get there a little bit later with one of them, hint, hint. But the Jets offense is going to look a lot different and Le'Veon is going to be looking like himself in old Steeler form and everyone who is doubting him is going to be wrong. So that's my first guy. He is not going to break out, but he is going to break back into the top 10. That's Le'Veon Bell. All right. Definitely a household name there, but I like it. I like it. And you got to play the Patriots defense multiple times. That division is going to look a whole lot weaker this season, I think, also, which gives the Jets a lot more chances to actually score and be competitive in games and put some freaking points on the board and not be seeing ghosts. Yeah, I mean, Darnold should be much improved this year. He's had a rocky start to his NFL career, but finally, second season with Adam Gase, a guy who's supposed to be a quarterback whisperer. You expect him to move the ball a, a little bit. I like that. I mean, Definitely. he had... He had some big carry games, 25 carries week 16, 21 carries week 15. I like it. That's going to be every week this year, I think. Yeah, and you can't understate the importance of that O-line upgrade, Mekhi Becton, and then if they bring in Jason Peters, I would really like that. So I'm with you on this. Good deal, good deal. All right, who do you have first? Tell me the guy that everyone is going to need to know. Okay, my number one breakout candidate. Started off big, started off big. Miles Sanders, Philadelphia Eagles. I like that. He finished number 15, one spot ahead of Le'Veon Bell last season. So let me tell you, I I went heavy on rookies, rookie running backs last year going into the draft. I'm not going to be doing that again. I was just drafting for the upside. This is the year that Miles Sanders shows all of that upside. Uh, I mean, he had 50 catches last season, over 10 yards per catch, plus three touchdowns. He was averaging over 13.7 points per game, 4.6 yards per carry as a rookie. I mean, that is really impressive. Jordan Howard goes down to Miami. Now he's just competing with Boston Scott. If everyone thinks Carson Wentz is the quarterback that they want him to be, there's no reason (laughs) Miles Sanders should not be a top 10 running back this season. I think he's a solid RB2 season long, potential to be an RB1. What do you think? I could not agree with that more. I think that is a heck of a pick. And my next guy here, I think reminds me a little bit of him. He plays in the same division. He's one of the guys that, he was part of the rookie class last season, the running back class that was a little bit, unimpressive kind of disappointing and that is Darius Geis and Ah. the big thing with Geis injury concern you know only played in five games last year he could not stay healthy for the life of him and the Redskins were absolutely pitiful but when you look at his numbers this guy was putting up 5.8 yards a carry I mean he still had almost 50 carries so that's a decent sample size and he caught a decent amount of passes out of the backfield way more than anyone expected him to and when you look at their backfield You have him and Adrian Peterson for the most part. That's it. Chris Thompson's gone. He's with the Jets. I'm not sure how big of a role he'll play with the Jets. I'm thinking they're going to use Le'Veon. 
first, second down, some third downs, and Thompson might be out there just to be a little bit of a James White for them, but not quite in that large of a role. So still big on Le'Veon. That doesn't really change anything for me there, but it does change some things for Geis because Geis now is going to be the third down back no matter what. Adrian Peterson's not going to be out there on third down catching passes. It's just not going to happen. And at this point in his career, I don't think you can expect Adrian Peterson to play a full season. Geis is going to get at least 12 carries a game and a few catches, and Washington's not going to be good but they're going to be better than last year and they are going to be throwing their way back into a lot of games, which means guys is going to be catching some balls out of the backfield. So obviously injury concern is going to have his draft stock incredibly low, but I am not kidding. When I say this, he is going to be the Dalvin cook of last year. If he stays healthy, he will be the Dalvin cook of this season. If he stays healthy. And that's a big, if I'm not saying bet on him, I'm not saying, I feel like he's going to stay healthy and would be confident in it, but I think there's a chance it happens. And if it does happen, he is going to put up some monster numbers. What round are you taking him? I'm taking him, man. It's tough to say because it depends on where the quote unquote experts are going to slot him at. Because if they've got him at 120 and we are experts. Yeah, well, yeah, but people aren't drafting on our platform where we rank players. So I would probably say I'm taking him somewhere between fifth and seventh round. I know ESPN and Matthew Barry are probably going to have him somewhere 10 to 15th round in that range, probably undrafted a lot of leagues. But I'm telling you, if you get toward the end of the draft and you need a running back with some upside, do not be afraid to take a shot with Darius guys because the upside's worth it. Yeah, last year it was guys like Sony Michelle. Devin Singletary, kind of in that seventh round range, seven to yeah. fifth round. I like that. I've been high on guys as well. There's no reason he shouldn't come back and perform the way he's capable of if he's healthy. I, I'm with you on that. I like it. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Who do you got with your second guy that we need to know? Okay. Second of my five, teammate of Darius, guys. You might know where Ooh. this is going. Scary Scary Terry Terry McLaurin. There is no reason this guy can't be a breakout star. I mean, he practically was one last season. Finished wide receiver 28 as a rookie. Played just 14 games. Started hot. Started very hot. He had 58 catches, 919 yards, and 7 touchdowns in his rookie campaign. His 10 end zone targets was 11th in the entire NFL. Love to see that. If you have any reservations about the quarterback situation, I think Kyle Allen could get him the ball. I think Dwayne Haskins, actually, I know Dwayne Haskins can get him the ball because they were college Did it teammates in college. at Ohio yep. State. No doubt, scary, scary Terry should be a locked-in wide receiver two in your team all season long upside to be a wide receiver one i think he could have a tyler lockett like season Ooh, i like that i like that lockett comparison a lot i think he plays a lot like lockett and kind of like i mentioned with guys the potential to really just be in garbage time and have haskins yeah. or whoever the hell it is just throwing up hail mary balls passing every single down trying to get back in games it's probably going to happen quite a bit philly's going to be looking to score Dallas is going to be putting up a lot of points. I guarantee you that. And even the Giants, the Giants are expecting are them to make a, a jump. So Yeah, definitely. I like that. I like Don't that a lot. Don't sleep on him. I, that's someone who you should take in like the cup range like you and I were doing last year. Yeah, if I agree with there, that. Even. Probably fourth, fifth round, somewhere in there. Yeah, fourth round. I think that's a great pick. 
Okay. My third guy, this is a guy I've just been waiting for him to be a household name. He balled out at Memphis. It just totally put me on the map for him. What he did in his bowl game, that he had like 250 yards and four touchdowns. Ever since then, I, I was like, this guy's going to be a stud. <laughs> Anthony Miller, that man is going to ball out this year. He plays in the slot. The only guy that really had the same build as him in Chicago and potentially took touches away was Taylor Gabriel. I mean, Gabriel wasn't strictly slot, but they have a very similar build. And having Gabriel out there definitely did not help Miller. And if you look at what Miller's done over the last two seasons, his touches and his snaps just keep steadily building. He played uh, over 50% of the snaps last season. It's going to be more around 75 to 80% this season. Plays entirely in the slot, like I was saying. And he had some big games last year. Toward the end of the season, he started really coming on strong. He had a game with six catches for 54 yards, had another six for 57, another nine for 140, and another nine for 118 in the touchdown. And if you're doing that in the slot, there is a chance you're going to have some damn good production in the future, especially when it's your second year in the league. And guess what? He's going to have a real quarterback now also and not Mitch Trubisky throwing him the ball. So I think losing Gabriel, adding Nick Foles, that helps his value a ton. And I just don't see any way that Anthony Miller isn't catching six balls a game and putting up at least 10 points every single week. And he found the end zone quite a bit also for a small guy. So I just love Anthony Miller. He's someone that I would reach and probably take in the fifth or sixth round, but he'll probably be a guy that's slated to go 10th 12th round or so wow yeah i'm i'm big on big on him too christian brothers high school out of memphis tennessee shout out blake hartwell if you're listening <laughs> oh all right anthony miller is a baller he hasn't really panned out just yet but it is time it's his third season new qb like you mentioned there's no doubt if if he's going to break out this is the year for him to do it I don't know if I'm going to take him with the fifth round pick. Is that what you said? I would take a flyer somewhere fifth to seventh round in that range. Yeah, I started this guy toward the end of the season. I think actually yeah. in a couple of playoff games, I played him and he held me win. I mean, I'm, I owe him some favors. I will reach on Anthony Miller because he has not let me down yet. Yeah, I, I mean, it's definitely worth a flyer. I think he could be a huge sleeper this year. When you look at Chicago's wide receiver depth chart, it's Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller, and then guys you've never even heard of. Trevor Davis, the kick returner from Green Bay. I mean, they have a couple other names that might pop up with a five or six catch hundred yard game every once in a while. But yeah, like you were saying, it's pretty much going to be Robinson and Miller. That's who Nick Foles is going to be throwing the ball to. And they added Jimmy Graham at tight end, but I'm not expecting nah, too that much there. It does not matter. Yeah. And Weeks 11 through 15, he was putting up double digits every single game. Yeah, nice little that's when he there. was in my lineup. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm with you on that. Definitely worth a sleeper pick if you got, you know, if you need depth at wide receiver, you got two great running backs. I'm with you there. He'll be a hell of a flex play, maybe even wide receiver too at some points throughout the year. I'm big on Anthony Miller, man. All in on him. The one thing too, he's had some drops in his catch percentage. Last thing here. The catch percentage is around 60. 
and that kind of makes you go, ugh. But the thing is, he's had Mitch Trubisky throwing him the ball, and a lot of those balls are not very catchable or not in the ideal place around the knees when they could be at the chest or at his hip when it could be in stride with him, you know, a half step in front where he can run into the ball and not have to stop and turn around for it. Just a lot of miscues and mental Mitch mistakes and misthrows. So Nick Foles isn't going to do that, or at least not to the degree that Mitch did. So definitely excited on him. Big Anthony Miller guy. Might have to buy a jersey. What do you wow. got with your next guy for us here? Yeah, man, I'm I'm really big on Anthony Miller. I think the Bears are going to have a good year. I like I like Nick I Foles a lot. You know that. Okay. Oh, the I'm Bears get might it. be a little side team this year. We might have to get a little side action with the Bears going on. But going to cheat on the Dolphins a little bit with the Bears. I'm not too committed with the Dolphins yet, so <laughs> I don't really know. But I don't like Bears fans, so I could never go full time to the Bears. Wow. But yeah. Anyway, back to fantasy here. Who is your third guy? Okay, I'm going to mix it up here. One of my non-RB wide receiver picks. Ooh. I don't know if you're ready for this, but Danny Dimes, a.k.a. Really? Daniel Jones. This, so okay, so when looking at the quarterbacks, yeah, it is hard to find a legitimate sleeper. Daniel Jones is that guy coming into 2020. He ended up QB 24 last season, but he only started 12 games. Yeah, he he, had fantasy value. He had legit fantasy value. He was about 50 points from the top 10 for quarterbacks. You're telling me he can't get 50 points in those four additional starts? Danny Jones has a very, very legitimate chance to be a top 10 quarterback in fantasy this season. If you're not looking to draft Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson early, fill up your roster with legitimate wide receivers and running backs and take a flyer on Daniel Jones later in the draft. It will be worth it. I'm telling you this. I am telling you. Plus, you look with that. Yeah, you look at the division like we talked about earlier. This, they're going to be throwing their way the back into a lot of games. could go off. Yeah, I mean, he's got Saquon beside him, so you're really going to have to worry about stopping the run. He's going to have Sterling Shepard there. He's going to have Golden Tate back for the full season and some okay Ingram. weapons at receiver. Yeah, really not too many reasons to complain with the weapons he's working with. And then, to me, I see Matt Ryan with Daniel Jones. I see a guy who's going to sling it. He's going to make some mistakes. He's going to win some games, but he's also going to see a lot of garbage time. Certainly could be a little bit of a Jameis Winston. I mean, Jameis finished top 10 last season, I believe. Let me, yeah. let me fact check. Oh, dude, that he was like the number quick. three quarterback, maybe number two by the end. Oh, he was, he was five. Okay. ESPN standard PPR scoring. I drafted Jameis. He and I had was, to drop him. He was awful week one, <laughs> yeah. completely overreacted. I would not do that with Daniel Jones this year. This this guy could be your starter all season long. I like that you mentioned the Matt Ryan thing. I want to play a little name game with you. Daniel right. Jones, Jared Goff, or Matt Ryan? Uh, are we talking fantasy? Yeah. Man. They're all I'm around definitely. That. I'm definitely not going with Matt Ryan. I think Matt Ryan's washed. He's done. Wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole. I don't even know if he'll make it through the season. I feel about him how I kind of felt about Phillip Rivers going into last season. Dude, he's at the end of his career. He's mid. He's done. He's done. I'll give you that Phillip Rivers thing there. Yeah, I could see that. 
that's kind of where I see him at his career. I just don't see much happening. I think he's going to have a hard time putting zip on the ball and he's going to have a hard time getting it downfield to Julio and Ridley where it needs to be. And so I'm probably going to rock with Jones here just on the potential with the Rams. You just don't know. They lost Gurley. They lost Cooks, but they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. I mean, they Cam Akers, you know how much I love him, but I just don't see him <laughs> coming in and replacing Todd Gurley immediately. So I don't know what the heck's going to happen with the Rams and Jared Goff, he's a wild card too, but I think I go with Daniel Jones. I like what I saw from him more last season than what I saw from Goff. Yeah, plus he's got he's got the legs to, you know, score a few touchdowns, add 20 to 40 yards a game. That's true. Give you some extra cushion. I was looking yeah, at I like that. Do you have any quarterbacks on your list? No, I do not. I thought okay. about bringing Kyler, but you can't even really say yeah. Kyler's going to break out because everyone knows Kyler already. Everyone's already high on him. I was looking yeah. at it. It was between Darnold. There's a chance he could be good. I'll give you that. Yeah, Fantasy-wise, he could be. And then Minshew. Other than those two. Hey, you I know I got a Garner Minshew jersey. <laughs> That's true. It was, <laughs> it was Locke. Minshew, Darnold, or Jones as my potential breakout guys. I think Daniel Jones is the easy pick of all those guys. I think that's definitely the best pick, but I don't hate the Drew Locke pick. I mean, he's a huge wild card because we have such a small sample size, but from what we saw last season, he was solid. You add Melvin Gordon, you add Jerry Judy. All of a sudden, that offense is pretty darn interesting. Noah Fant's coming back. Albert Obwukam or whatever his name is. I don't Fox, know much about them, but Fox Missouri tight end. Oh, all right. All right. Well, they got, got fans there also. They they definitely have some weapons. So I definitely like all those. I did not go with any quarterbacks here, but I did go with the tight end. Is that who and you're, is that who you're hitting that, me with? That's who I'm hitting you with right now. So oh. gotta show my dolphins some love. Oh. I'm going with Mike Jasicki. Okay. Him and the Notre Dame tight end. Durham Smith. That's it. Durham Smith. Oh. It's Jasicki and Smith. They're the only two guys that are getting the snaps at tight end. And Smith started more games than Jasicki last year. Jasicki only started seven, played in all 16 with significant snaps. But he's the pass catcher. Smith, the other guy, he's the run blocker. So Smith isn't catching any balls. Jasicki's the only pass catching tight end they have. And he's been there for two seasons. And his touches and snaps targets have increased dramatically every season. Last year, he saw 89 targets, and I know a lot of that's garbage time, throwing back into games, but yeah, 89 targets and five touchdowns is pretty darn solid for a tight end, and I think their offense will get better. They're probably not going to pass the ball necessarily as much because they're not going to be as desperately far behind in as many games, you would think, but they're still going to throw the ball a lot, and whether it's Tua out there or Fitzpatrick, I feel pretty confident that they're going to hit this guy three or four times a game. He's going to find his way to the end zone six or seven times, and he might even push up close to 1,000 yards. I think he's going to be a guy that could really be a late-in-the-draft tight end that is in your lineup every single week. Huh. I thought you were going to go with somebody else, and now I feel kind of stupid for picking him because Gesicki is... Gasicki's definitely much more of a like legit breakout candidate. Okay. Um, yeah, if Tua is the starter and if he's half of what he's cracked out to be at the end of he the will year, be. 
Yeah. Yeah, they're going to be crazy. That offense is going to be so good. And you have a little bit of a run game now to keep people honest. You got Jordan Howard. You got Brita. I don't think they're going to be up enough games to just be turning them loose. But that offense is going to be fun, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. And you got Devontae Parker there. And they also brought in Alan Hearns. Albert Wilson, he's a speedy guy. Jakeem Grant, he's a speedy guy also. They've got some weapons. I mean, I don't love their wide receiver group, but it's not bad. Preston Williams, hey, he wasn't bad before going down with injury either. Preston Williams, too. Man, they've got some options. They've got some options. Yeah, okay. I like Kasiki here. I like it. Let's let's see what he can do. Does your is your fifth guy like even deeper in your bag than that? Yeah. Oh wow. But my fifth guy, this is the one that is a home run. I mean, it's I'm nine out of ten confident that this guy is gonna be the holy shit. I hope you picked him up after week one guy. Okay, I'm I'm looking at my list. <laughs> I don't I mean, I can't think of anyone. You're not even gonna have this guy on your list. You're gonna probably say what the hell when I say his name. Yeah, I got a lot of, I got a handful of tight ends. I mean, we can do honorable mentions at the end here. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Well, okay, I'll go into my fourth. Yes, sir. We're going to stick with the New York Giants. We're going to go with one one of the weapons that you did not mention in your analysis of Daniel Jones, Darius Slayton. I thought that might be where you were going to go. Okay. You're loving that division. I guess I am, but what can I say? This guy was a star of the rookies. At least you're not throwing out all Cowboys here. No, I mean, Gallup was a huge breakout candidate last year. Put up over a thousand yards. You were on that. CD, he he could do that. He could do that, but we'll talk about rookies at a later date. Darius Slayton, coming into year two, he was 37th overall for receivers. Impressive for a rookie to crack the top 40 put up over 12 points per game. His eight TDs in 14 games, I don't know if that's repeatable, but it's clear yeah. clear that he was a target, and I think he has the potential to be the guy that we all thought Sterling Shepard was going to be over the last few years. This guy... I like that. Yeah, I mean, he, he clearly has number one receiver potential, and when Daniel Jones breaks out, like I told you, he's going to. This could be that's one of the, the connection main... you want. This you want the the Danny Dime Slayton connection. You could take them both, twelfth, thirteenth round probably. Uh, yeah, I might be taking Slayton over Shepard in every single league. I I really think it might be and over Golden cut. Tate also. Yeah, Golden Tate is really a non. He's pretty washed. For me at he's, this point. he's toward the end of his career, but he's kind of a wild card. You just never know with him, and I know they're gonna have him in the lineup a lot because they're paying him. Yeah, yeah. I like Slayton as a year-long flex play, potentially, maybe even upside bigger than that. Ooh, okay. I like that. I think we've brought some good stuff here. I have not heard any of yours yet that have made me say, ugh, so (laughs) it's a good sign, and I have not heard any of those reactions either. This one might get that reaction, though. This one is deep in my bag, and before I say his name, I'm going to read you off what his last five games of last season, the totals, and you're going to have no idea. This is going to blow yeah, your yeah, damn don't mind. Don't tell me who it is. Read off the totals. All right. So actually, these are the averages. My bad. But he averaged 101 yards a game, five catches a game, one touchdown a game, and averaged 18 yards a catch. 
over the last five games? Receiver or tight end? Receiver. Hmm. Let me look at my notes. <laughs> it's not DK. No. Okay, I only wrote four receivers down. I've mentioned every single one of them. Williams was like my deep, deep one. Uh, this one's deep, 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 deep. So, Brashad Perriman. Ah, okay. He's now a New York Jet, and we know Robbie Anderson's out of town. He was the only wide receiver there that was really getting any even... Worth a hoot. Yeah, I mean, getting any amount of looks at all that was noticeable. And so, Jamison Crowder, he was eh, not bad, but not what you'd want him to be as a number one wide receiver or anything like that. They're in need of a playmaker. They're in need of somebody who can really be Darnold's best friend and help him out because they don't have anyone like that right now. Crowder kind of had some fumble issues, doesn't have the best hands in the world. I'm not sure that Darnold's going to have a ton of trust in him. And Perriman is a smaller guy that plays a little bit like Crowder, but when he got his shot, when Evans and Godwin were banged up, he absolutely balled out. And I know he had Jameis throwing him the ball. I know that was kind of a dumpster fire, but I see Darnold with some Jameis potential. And I think that Jets team could be throwing the ball a lot. And Darnold might throw 30 touchdowns and 32 interceptions. I could really see that happening. So I think Perriman and Crowder are going to get the bulk of the targets. They also brought in Mims, which I think helps. That's a bigger guy that can take a little bit of attention off both them. And then they've also got Quincy and Nunwa there, who's kind of on and off been a waiver wire flyer guy, but he's not going to come in and take any touches away from them, really. And the Jets, they're not going to win more than eight games, so they're going to be throwing the ball from behind a decent amount. And Perriman absolutely went off when he got a shot in Tampa Bay. He's only 26, only been in the league a few years, and I think this is going to be his chance with the Jets where he goes off, he's the number one wide receiver, and he is going to be the guy that everyone's looking around saying, man, I you know, you're lucky if you got him off the waiver wire week one, he might've won you the league. Like people were saying with Alvin Kamara a few years ago, that type of good is what I'm seeing here. Alvin Kamara. Good. He's not going to be a top five wide receiver. That that's a little bit of a reach, the Kamara comparison, but it's going to be that ballpark damn near where people look at it and go, if you got that guy, you added a top tier player as a free agent week one. Okay. He's going to go crazy. Definitely a breakout potential guy. Definitely a breakout potential guy. The Mims, the Mims pickup gives me a little bit of pause. But when was the last time? You know, I, I don't know. Rookie receivers, it just doesn't seem to happen with everybody. It's only a few well, guys honestly, that really break out. I hope Mims comes in there and is pretty darn good because Crowder and Perriman enough, two small guys that are really speedster, deep play threats they are not going to be enough to get the ball up and down the field and do very much against some of the better defenses they're going to face. I think Darnold's really going to struggle if they didn't have a bigger guy that he can go up and throw those 50-50 balls to and the slants in the corner of the end zone, stuff like that. Okay. I'm with it. Definitely breakout guy. Honestly, Jameson Crowder could be a good pick too. He missed a few games from injury last year, but when he was healthy, monster PPR guy. Monster PPR. Yeah, he's solid PPR. And I think these two are going to be the same style, but Perriman's going to beat him out and get definitely more targets and more catches. Definitely he's more. He's got work to do, though. More big play potential, that's for sure. 
yeah, I would say he's got a pretty darn low floor, but also a very high ceiling. So we'll see what happens. I think he's going to build a pretty nice foundation and have a nice high hanging three or four story house. So we'll see. <laughs> okay. How deep are you going? How deep are you going on your last one here? Is it deeper than that? Honestly, no, this isn't even really that deep. I just, I wanted okay. something other than a receiver or running back. You're going to laugh. Uh-huh. You're going to laugh. It's not even deep. It's Tyler Higby. Oh, that's solid. I don't think that's nothing wrong I mean, with that. Yeah, but he finished tight end eight last season. He definitely had a lot of fantasy value last year and kind of broke out, but you saying he's going to break out to like a top tier, you know, a Gronk, uh, old Jimmy Graham type of Zach Ertz. Kittle level is that what you're saying here very well could be top five I'm looking at Kelsey and Kittle in a separate tier and then Waller and Ertz I'm expecting them to do their thing Ertz I could see him you know declining a little bit he's had so many injuries Goddard's there Goddard's there Andrews so many touchdowns last season I talked about all this in my piece I wrote the Sunday special check that out on the website if you want to read it but Higby could be a legit tight end one. He signed a four-year, $31 million deal last season. This guy is in the fold with the Rams, and he broke out majorly down the stretch. The last five games of the season, he was averaging over 21 points per game. That is He was nuts. a monster. Yeah, and McVay went back to running the heavy 12 personnel sets. That's two tight ends one running back. I'm expecting them to do the same this season. Higby could come in immediately and just just be huge for your team. Like like the Daniel Jones strategy. If you're not going to go early getting a Kelsey or a Kittle, just wait and take this guy later because I'm sure Ertz, Waller, Andrews, Austin Hooper, Cook, and Hunter Henry are all going to be picked, you know, kind of in a stretch. Yeah. Higby might be the odd man out, and he might be the best out of all of those guys. So, so I'm circling I'm him. I'm with you on that. He's going to be someone who I'm definitely going to try to take in at least one league. Yeah, really two things with him that make me feel pretty optimistic are one, the money. You're not going to pay that guy that much yeah. unless you feel pretty it's, darn confident he's going to be really good, especially, but... especially at tight end. Yeah. But then again, the Rams love to give guys fat deals and then move them out of town two <laughs> years later. So we'll see. But True. the other thing with that that makes me feel pretty good about how many targets he's going to get, there's a lot of touches to go around. They just moved Cooks out of town, one of those guys. They just moved Gurley out of town, one of those guys. I mean, those were two of their biggest playmakers and two of the guys that got the most touches. So there is room for somebody else to get some looks without a doubt. I mean, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup can only do so much. Yeah, and... I don't think Goff has ever been one to like really heavily rely on tight ends. I mean, there was those flashes of like, maybe Gerald Everett's going to be someone with fantasy. Yeah. Maybe Higby is going to be that guy. But what we saw through the stretch of last season gives me a lot of confidence. I think they'll carry that momentum, carry that style of play, running the heavy sets, the two tight end sets. Circle the name. He could be big. Could be big. All right, we'll do, we'll do. Let's throw out some honorable mentions. 
Before we get to our breakout candidate honorable mentions, we have a quick announcement for you loyal listeners and fantasy lovers. We are going to have an article that comes out with each one of these episodes. They're going to drop Monday night. So when you see the triple F's, you see the fantasy pod, you know there's going to be an article that drops with it on Monday. It's going to detail all the main points we hit on for each of the players mentioned in the episode. Really just going to recap and highlight what you need to know. They are there for y'all. So give them a read. Bookmark them, save them, keep them around for your fantasy draft. It's going to be some good stuff. Up next, we are back with our breakout candidate honorable mentions. How many do you have left that we didn't hit on yet? Um, I guess I can just go by position if you want. I'll, I'll yeah. tell you my running backs. Let's just go yes, running back, QB, receiver, tight end. Good with me. Okay. Other running backs. Devin Singletary. Yep, had him. Raheem Mostert. Didn't have him, but I he kind of broke out in the playoffs, so I wasn't really considering him like a ah. I don't think people are gonna take him high, but someone to watch. And then yeah, Matt Breida. Speaking <laughs> of, he's gonna be the third down back. He's so much more talented than Jordan Howard. Don't don't even get me started on that. So he's definitely someone I will be taking with a flyer pick, thirteenth, fourteenth round, if he's even there. He'll yep. probably go more like tenth. Yeah, I agree. I think health is the big thing there, but I like him ten times better now, like Jordan Howard, fantasy wise yeah. and running back wise Not in general. Not even close. Not even close. Definitely. Okay, was that the rest of your running backs? Yeah. Other ones I had that you didn't mention, Rashad Penny, the Chris Carson shout-out Oklahoma State guy, but he can't stay healthy. I have zero confidence Chris Carson plays 16 games, and at some point, if he's got another big injury and he goes down for an eight-game stretch or a seven-game stretch or whatever it is, or they have to shut him down for the season, Penny is going to go off. I mean, they took this guy in the first round a couple years ago. He's got the receiving capabilities. He's <laughs> I mean, surely they're going to do something with this guy. Pete Carroll wouldn't have taken him that early if they didn't have a plan with him. So I just keep waiting for the day Rashad Penny ends up going crazy and being the next Marshawn Lynch for them or something nutty. So got um, Penny, and then I also had Singletary, and then the other guy I have is Ronald Jones. Tampa Bay is going to move the ball. Someone's going to have to punch in some teeters for that offense. They're not going to be throwing it as much as they did with Jameis. It's going to be more balanced. Tom Brady's going to want to have a run game. Ronald Jones is going to definitely pick up some tutters, and he's also going to catch some balls. He's got solid hands. Brady loves to dump it off to his backs. I mean, just look at James White and what he did with him so many years. Ronald Jones is going to be involved in that offense. Yeah, I guess we could mention... Uh, okay, just just tell me what round. Kenyon Drake. Oh, Kenyon Drake. Second to third round is where he's at for me. Oh, okay. Wow. That's uh, higher than I thought. And then last one, and then let's switch over to QB. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I just wanted to mention Keyshawn Vaughn, the third-round running back that the Buccaneers picked, hearing he's a very good pass blocker. If you cannot pass block for Tom Brady, you're not going to be on the field. So watch out for that pairing between him and Ronald Jones. Keyshawn Vaughn has a legit shot to take over that job. So Okay. Fair enough. I think regardless, there's going to be one back in Tampa Bay that has yeah. some fantasy value. It's just a roll of the Who's dice. Who's it going to be? be at this point? Definitely. I'm with you on that. That's all the running backs I had. And I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't have any quarterbacks. I just stayed away there. Okay. I guess we hit on those. Who you got? Yeah, we really went through them. Um, say what now? 
Anyone at receiver? Uh, receiver, there's one guy, and I've talked about him a few times. Not even really a breakout. He had fantasy relevance before and just fell off the map, but Devin Funches. I think he's going to go crazy really? playing opposite of Devontae Adams. Yeah, I mean, Devontae Adams is going to be double covered. It's even seeing the best corner from the other defense every single game. And Aaron Rodgers has not had an actual receiver besides Adams in a while. And Funchess is by no means a top tier guy. But look what he did with Cam Newton and the Carolina days when they're pretty darn solid. As long as he can be somewhat healthy, he's going to be better than the rando scrandos they threw out there last year and Geronimo Allison dropping every other ball. I mean, he's going to be a guy that catches five or six passes a game and he's a legit red zone target. Okay. All right. Name game receivers. And then let's go tight end. Oh wait. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, I got one tight end throw up, but let's do it. Name game receivers. Hit me. DK Metcalf, Curtis Samuel, Christian Kirk. Yeah, don't like, uh, it's not even close. For me, I think Metcalf will go probably fourth or fifth round, and Kirk will go like 10th round. Samuel, I'm not even touching with a 10-foot pole. Are you taking Metcalf before Terry McLaurin? Yes. Really? Yeah, and part of that is Tyler Lockett's there, and some people might think, well, Lockett's there. Those are targets that are going to be taken away from Metcalf, but having another receiver there, that takes a little bit of the pressure off you and takes a little bit of the defensive scheme and focus off you, it frees you up, especially when you're a speedster like Metcalf and you're a big boy that's so physical. He's going to get his catches, and he's going to be damn good, and he's going to get his red zone targets, and he's going to bust off a massive play every once in a while too. Okay, I hear you I hear you on that. He had 11 double-digit games last season. That's pretty damn good for a rookie. Yeah, he came on strong late in the year, too. I like Metcalf a lot. Okay, let's go tight ends. Tight end, there's only one that comes to mind for me. Obviously, you can throw guys like Austin Hooper out there, but, I mean, they're household fantasy names already. Eric Ebron is one that I think is really undervalued going to Pittsburgh. Big Ben's going to be back. He's going to see a lot of looks. I wouldn't really call him a breakout player, though. Not drafting him, are you? Uh, if I don't go tight end early or as a backup, yeah, I'll draft Ebron because big Ben always has those tight ends around that he likes to throw to and McDonald and a lot of those guys aren't really around anymore. And I mean, you've got Juju and eh, James Washington and, you know, a rookie, but I big Ben's got to throw the ball somewhere. And Ebron's pretty solid. I think he's definitely going to be a guy that big Ben becomes acquainted with very fast. Okay. I, I got two. TJ Hawkinson, Blake Jarwin. I'm going to I'm going to watch those two. Probably not going to draft them, but yeah. might be someone I pick up after week 1. A lot of potential there and I think with Hawkinson, you just never know with Stafford. Stafford's going to throw the ball so many times and throw so many touchdowns. Hawkinson very well could be on the receiving end of a lot of teeters this year. So, I like that. Witten's gone. You know, they like Jarwin a lot in Dallas. Another Oklahoma State guy, so got to show him some love. legs, too. Yeah, I mean, he had that, what, three-touchdown game last season? He had a few big ones. Mm -hmm. I definitely like that. And one other guy that, I mean, he's deep here. This would have been going real, real deep in my bag if I threw him as one of my five. Hayden Hurst. Hooper's gone. They traded for him. Matt Ryan likes throwing to his tight ends. I mean, Hurst is number one on the depth chart from everything I see. He's bound to get a lot of PT and surely a decent amount of targets. Okay. Well, 
I don't even know if we need to do a sleeper episode because we kind of we might have just hit them all. We might have just hit them all, but that's okay. That's okay. I think we gave all of you tons of options coming in your draft. Obviously, this is some evergreen content. You could listen to it a week before your fantasy draft or the same day. It's probably exactly. still going to apply. So. That's all laid out. Before we go, I got three quick questions for you, Jackson. Are you prepared? I am not prepared for any questions, but I will gladly answer them. All right, here we go. Anyone on the Pats have fantasy value? No. No one. No one. Oh, Edelman. James James White, Sonny Michelle, Harry? No. No. Okay. Where? Sanu, none of them. Which round are you taking A.J. Green? A.J. Green, I'm probably taking third round if he's there. That Joe Burrow's going to throw him a lot of tutties. Yeah, when that guy's healthy, he's a top 10 fantasy wide receiver every year. Okay, I've, I've been really struggling with that valuation. They bring in Higgins. Boyd was pretty good last year. Had to ask. I think that one's health. That's one thing that just, if he's healthy, he's going to be dominant, but it's one of those deals where, yeah, his value is going to take a little bit of a hit because he's coming off a year where he didn't play a single game. Okay, last one. We kind of touched on it earlier. Better year, Dwayne Haskins or Drew Locke? Fantasy value. Man, that's tough. I think Drew Locke's going to be a better quarterback, but Haskins is going to see so much garbage time. I'm going Locke. I like his weapons more. I like Sutton, Judy, and Fant. I'm going with Locke. I also like having Gordon there and Lindsey. They can both catch the ball out of the backfield. I'm going with Locke. Okay. Those are my three. All right. Well, I think that's all I've got. That's all you've got. One last thing before we go. Like Peter was saying, these episodes, this is all going to build on itself, and it's all stuff to prepare you for your fantasy draft. Obviously, as time gets closer and people get better ideas of what depth charts are looking like and stuff like that, it gets a little more dialed in. But all of this stuff is going to be helping you with your fantasy draft. It's not going anywhere. Come back and listen to it whenever. We are trying to help you win some money this season. Yes, and next week we're going to do Last Dance Recap for episodes 7 to 10. And then in fantasy terms, do you know what we want to do yet? We'll see on the fantasy. Well, let's see how Last Dance turns out because that might occupy a full episode. We might have to wait a week for another fantasy. But we've also got award show for the Last Dance. We're going to be talking ah, about yes. the best quotes, best one-liners, best moments. Rodman drinking a beer after the game and getting on the motorcycle has got to be one of them. There's going to be <laughs> some awards that go around, and we're going to hit on some highlights, some lowlights, and just some funny stuff in general too. Yes, absolutely. So hope you guys enjoyed the first Triple F show. It's going to be good stuff all summer long. Jackson, take us out. All right. If you liked the episode, please leave us that five-star review. Leave us a comment. Send it to your friends. Send it to your family. Send it to your mom. Tell everybody about it. We will be back next week. Peace.